Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, The Debrief, a discussion on Milton Keynes 4 and the Town 3. I'm Tom Reed, and joining me today are Cobblers fans team, Mr. Versatile James Averill. Martin, Mr. Not Very Good, Maloney, add fresh from his morning ritual of listening to the Shawadi Wadi Greatest Hits. It's Brendan Walsh. How are you doing, guys? You're okay? I'm good, thanks, mate. Are you, are you all done now, Brendan, or have you got it on in the background? Yeah, I, I've just about finished my, my third playthrough of it. I'm going to give it a fourth and a fifth before lunch. Yeah, I know. That's, that's actually not very much for you, actually. You it's only three songs on it, so it gets through it quite quick. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's nice to have a laugh after yesterday. Actually, it was a bit uh, usual, as usual, a bit of a kick in the the balls. Um, James, an improved performance and plenty of positives, but yeah, again, another example of just how cruel football can be. Well, I'm subscribing to the theory that we are cursed at Stadium MK because it doesn't matter if we score three goals there, we'll ship in four, or we did five a couple of few years ago, didn't we? It doesn't yep. matter if we uh, don't score the. They just find a way to beat us. Um, yeah, it was a really, really tough result to take because mm-hmm. we deserved to win. And I think it was refreshing to see the MK Dons manager admit as much. Mm-hmm. We des- we were the better side. We deserved to win. But individual mistakes and some bad luck cost us again. Um, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the goals, but there was, other than the first goal for them, which was an absolute screamer, and you say fair play, there were little things for each of their goals that were that were frustrating, um, whether it being individual mistakes or in certainly on the fourth goal, I thought was a refereeing error, to be honest. Yeah. It just feels as like when we're watching Northampton, when, you know, we go ahead, it's just, we, just something in the back of your mind that's always thinking something's going to go wrong here, something's going to yeah. go wrong here. And, of course it did. Martin, um, it's not hard to notice small to medium, you know, size improvements with Brady's play, but, you know, at the end of the day, we've, we've lost again. So it's uh, it's galling, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, ultimately, um, results are what going to relegate you or keep you up and it's another defeat. But I wouldn't, you know, while it was really, really disappointing to concede those two late goals, I thought, it was night, you know, it's, we'd seen some progress in the last couple of games. I thought this was night and day. You know, this was us going toe-to-toe with a really good side, going behind and really taking the game to them. So, yeah, it's so disappointing to concede and, you know, there's some some errors in there or some poor defending. But I've got a lot more hope after that 
of us staying now clearly if we just held on to a 3-2 lead <laughs> I'd be mm-hmm. even more efficient but I think you know that's one of the better sides in the league and we've you know they've they've been poor and we've hoped we've contributed looking poor but you know three I mean after what we've seen you know one goal in two months and then you know to score three and come back from two one down and probably you know but for a, a as James says refereeing error um and perhaps you know some poor defend poor defending um you know we could have come away from there for three points so you know colour me optimistic there were so many positive angles and when you look at the some of the stats today the the expected goal stats they're much higher than they were in the curl so obviously we're we're threatening the goal more we went from not being able to score for you know a month of Sunday to scoring three in one game so it's yeah it was just a bit of an emotional roller coaster wasn't it um Brendan overall yeah I think I, I thought long and hard about it last night because I was like I've come on on the on you know on the debrief on this before, and we've all sat there and said that Curl was going to be in trouble with the, that style of football when it doesn't get results, and it wasn't getting results, so he went. And ultimately, we didn't get the result yesterday, but everyone seems you know a lot more optimistic and happy about it. And when I when I was sat there and kind of not defending Curl, but I was saying like you know this is the group of players we've got, this is all we can play. We need to be realistic and. And, uh, you know, try and grind these games out 0-0, 1-0. I, I enjoyed losing 4-3 yesterday, as, as painful as it was. But I enjoyed that yeah. game more than, you know, the other games that we were grinding out. And it was 1-0 or 0-0 because you, you just... I, I, there was so much about yesterday which we haven't seen all season. I've not seen us go in at half-time and then come out and be improved. We were so poor in the second half under, under Curl. And we came out and we were the better team in the second half, I think, but for two lapses of concentration and like you said, you know, refereeing error and whatever and um, you know, threatening offset pieces. Mark Marshall wasn't playing in the curl and he got three assists yesterday. You know, it's just yeah. there's there's so I, you said small to medium improvements, but I think they're they're massive improvements per, personally for me, just because they they just w- weren't happening in the curl at all. The subs yesterday, like at first I was not so sure but all of his subs were on point. I just I think it's a, a massive, massive improvement and I don't know whether it's going to be enough to show KT he should have the job full-time, but um, he's definitely got to be in with a shout after that. Mm, yeah, good points. Fan enjoyment has to be a big part of it, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. I was not looking forward to games and curl style where we were just feeding off scraps. You were always just worried that um, something was coming around the corner or we were just going to cling on for most of the game, which wasn't, you know, watching on your computer or, you know, wherever you're watching from. Is not, it's not, it just wasn't particularly enjoyable. And for the last couple of games, I think most people have actually fairly enjoyed the games, have been entertaining. Mm. And uh, without using that cliche of breath of fresh air that me and James talked about the other night, it's just, it just feels like a, a, a new start and a slightly new direction in terms of playing football that people can get behind. And that, that's been a really important factor. Mm. Um, let's talk about the goals. There's loads of them, so it would probably take quite a long time to get through them all. The first goal came in the second minute, a bit of a dream start. Fraser Horseful of all people, volleying in from close range. Um, I'll go to you on this one, Brendan, because you talked a little bit about the you know the style of playing stuff. Mm. Good ball in from Marshall, wasn't it? And uh, he mm. sort of fainted the first time, came back mm. round, swung a really teasing cross in and a really, um, just a well-worked free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, I've noticed, I mean, I think I'm sure everyone's noticed that we've been doing that from, to be fair, in the curl, um, from the first game of the season. I don't know how much we did it last season, but... Um, 
we if we have two men there, I think it was Mills and Marshall yesterday, one of them will fake to go over it or Marshall fake and then they reverse what side they're going and they're trying to get the defence to step up or step back and then our guys can obviously be in on a run on it. And one massive difference between last season and this season was we were so uh, dangerous off set pieces last year. Um, you know, Nicky Adams putting it in and, and three, normally three decent centre-backs. I think Goode got five, six goals. Obviously, you had Oliver, Smith, anyone else. And and we've that's completely gone. And, and it's so many times, how can you go from a team that can put a ball in and be dangerous on a set-piece to not in, in that amount of time? Like, So it's just good mm-hmm. to see a quality delivery. I, I can't remember what game it was. It was uh, one of the last home games. It might have been Brady's first one. And we, we had the same thing from the second minute and Lloyd-Jones nodded it in and they said it was offside. So it, we, it's something we're clearly you know, like. Um, and yeah, it was, it was I think something like that where you don't have to think about it and you just volley it and it goes in relatively close range is exactly what we needed to get that kind of, you know, how everyone was been a month or so uh, longer since we'd scored so you get something like that and you go all right the goal's done now forget about it and you move on and that's where the second and third the confidence to go and score those comes from I think yeah sure um James you'd been longing for a goal for so long a couple of them chalks off and stuff it must have been like a massive relief to you when we finally scored and Fraser Horsfall of all people yeah, I think I, I think I must have woke up any uh, afternoon slackers in in Wellingborough because it was a pretty, <laughs> it was a, a pretty pretty loud scream when it went in. I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, God, you, you forget how good it is <laughs> to, to see your team score a goal. Yeah. Uh, it almost kind of made you, you almost kind of became used to it in that 2015-16 season. Um, <laughs> you kind of almost take it for granted. Yeah, it was a well worked free kick, um, and I think that the big difference here was. Um, like Brendan said, the, the delivery, but also the movement from the players. Um, mm. There were a few different people who could have got on the end of that potentially at, at the back post. And uh, I think it's really promising to see, clearly we've been working on the training ground on, on deliveries. And um, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're struggling to score from open play, as we were, uh, set pieces are all the more important. And we were brilliant at them last season and we've been dreadful at them this year. And it's a large reason why we are where we are. So if we can start converting more set pieces, we will just have a much better chance of winning games. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably quite important to know that Horsfall seems slightly better player under Brady. Maybe the lump it game didn't actually suit him too much. And he's just sort of slowly finding his feet with, ball to feet so you know hopefully that continues and it was a good finish for him from close range um the second one came on 13 minutes well second goal of the game was a equalizer for Milton Keynes um it was a really good finish from Andrew Sermon he's got a lot of high level pedigree can't really argue with it too much Martin but looking back on it don't know if you've had a chance to see it but there's a bit of pinball and McWilliams gets turns um before the goal do you reckon well pretty obvious but really need to stop those crosses um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's probably a couple of opportunities to to stop it um, in in the build up. Um, you know, to clear it better. But you know, you are up against very good players, and you know, not everything is gonna come off right. If come off right, you know, if you see people trying to do the wrong thing, you know, that's an issue of coaching. Sometimes when you know when you you're not able to tackle someone who's very good, it's because it's because they're very good and. Mm. You know, MK had a, you know, they they had a poor day. I mean, I I, I finally realised you could get the home commentary on um on iFollow, and I got I got it on about 
sort of 20 minutes in and it was very apparent from the the commentator and summarizer that they were they had a really poor day but you know they're full of good individuals um so yeah you know you'll probably say you know when they look back at it and i had a look back on all the goals before before this that yeah you know you could do better not get turned not get beat get more on your clearance I think though they are sometimes the thing the things that happen, you know, when you're up against good players. And yeah, yeah as you said, Andy Sermon, hell of a player and hell of a finish. Mm, yeah, it was a quality, I think it was a left foot volley as well. Mm. Just uh all round good finish. Can't really argue with it too much. The second one for Milton Keynes, you could possibly, and we'll talk about that now. Um so that came on 34 minutes, Will Grigg. He's obviously a capable striker at this level. Um, Cobblers, it was a bit sloppy from Cobblers. There was a pass intercepted in the middle of the park. Ends up with Grigg who cuts inside and then finishes past Mitchell. Um, Brendan, mm-hmm. Mitchell took a lot of stick or some stick for maybe getting down to the shot a little bit too slow. Is that a uh, warranted criticism? Um, I don't think so, to be honest. I, I, I didn't. In, in real time, when I watched it, I thought he looked a bit off. And then I, I watched it back this morning. And I think when Grigg shoots, he doesn't catch it how he wants, actually. He, can't, he, he gets outside it too much. And then it takes a little nick off the defender. So it kind of goes under where Mitchell's aiming for. It's just one of those unfortunate ones. And, yeah, maybe if you're in the Premier League, you expect your goalkeeper to save that. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm not pointing the finger at him and blaming him for it by any means. I think the, the only thing that annoyed me about that goal was, I think someone put it on Twitter, like, you know, this is premium cobblers the last couple of years. Marshall hit the post with that, you know, 20 five-yard effort just before that and it nearly went in off the inside of the post you had Hoskins intercepted someone off their keeper and missed it was from 30 yards but it was an open goal you know it was those moments that annoyed me more and um you know them scoring that goal again like the like the guys have just said they've got quality players and they will get finishes and we intercepted their ball and then they intercepted our counter off that we were caught in transition and it let Greg in Look at those yep. goal scorers, even just the first two goal scorers, Sermon and, and Will Grigg. We were sat there with our squad in League One. Milton Keynes are around mid-table, I think. I think they're like 10th or 11th. And they've got players like Will Grigg. Andrew Sermon was in the Premier League year two years ago. You've got Cameron Jerome, who was in the Premier League. You know, they've got some quality, quality players to get that moment to, to make a finish like Grigg did. And, and we had moments like that leading up to it. And Hoskins and didn't. And Marshall was unlucky. So I was more annoyed with the timing of that goal and where it came really than any anyone's you know mistake leading up to it mm. I I think if Mitchell watches it back I think he will as a goalie and goalies are often what's the way they quite yeah, sort of they they look inside themselves and they um retrospectively sort of work out how they can stop it I reckon he would have hoped to have done better but like you said he might have uh Grigg might have Misconnected with the ball and it might have travelled in a slightly different way, but yeah, whatever happened it was in anyway. So, um, James, you used to work in Milton Keynes, I think, didn't you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did cover a couple of MK games when I was a reporter at the uh, at MK News and MK Citizen. Um, yeah, so it was um, it's quite interesting that the Cobblers equaliser just after half time came from Ryan Watson, who used to play for Milton Keynes. It was a a good finish for, from him, actually. And maybe the MK perspective will be that it was a slightly poor goal to concede, but he did travel with the ball really well and it was a good finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you know, I think if we looked at that goal, we'd be questioning why no one closed him down. But uh, he did really well to win 
the ball on the halfway line and then just a nice, you know, simple forward pass from Marshall puts him in. And then fair play, you know, he, he runs he runs at them and he has a pop and it's a really good effort. And he, he has looked like our biggest goal threat um, for the last few games, I think. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad one has gone in for him because he's deserved that. And I think he's probably with that, you, you would wager possibly worked his way into the into the first team, um, possibly ahead of Sowerby, who I think is a good player, but he's just lacking that, that kind of end pass or end shot at the moment, which I think Watson is offering us at the moment. So mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Watson in the starting lineup in the next game. Yeah, 100%. And he showed yesterday how he travels with the ball, and that's really important, the way we're playing at the moment. He probably has the shot, really, starting up front. I know that sounds a bit silly, but what you're saying, James, is that he's our, our best, um, you know, most potent threat up front. And, you know, if, if, it's unlikely, but if he started up front you or, you know, behind the striker, you could sort of understand why. Um, let's go to the sort of third Cobbler's goal. And it was really important because we talked in the past about uh, maybe Cobblers after one or two goals were done in the past under Carl, but now we seem to have changed it up and just having that little bit more threat and a little bit more fighting spirit with us. Um, Martin brought another great ball in from um, Marshall on 78 minutes and just a good little nod in from Kyoso. Yeah, it was a it was a good set piece, but I think the context of it as well, um, that period, that sort of period, we almost camped in the like the, the final mm. third. It was. You know, a period of sort of dominance that we've just not we've just not seen, and you know we needed obviously obviously to to make it count. But I think I was. It's rare that win a game where you are sort of thinking, we you know we should win this, and the goal you know great delivery from free kick, um, lots of players in there, and, and you know a good nod from 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 Pete Kioso. But you know we were having. You know, we we're getting crosses over, we we're getting shots in. It was something that I'd not seen this season, certainly in in any game. You know, even the games we'd won, we we didn't have those sort of periods of dominance, and that was probably the most pleasing sort of period of the game for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It just felt that we weren't quite as uh, conservative as we were under Carl, and that we wouldn't let our heads go down if. You know the the game was going against us, and we just maybe the improvement of the set pieces helped and give us that little bit more confidence just to throw a few players up front. And Kyoso was up there. We'll talk a little bit from the match. He's just an all action sort of guy. He just puts his body on the line, which Cobblers fans like, and it was a a good little cute little header to to score. But unfortunately, the lead didn't last that long. I think at all of five minutes. Um, let's go to you, James. Uh, it was it was quite a direct goal for Milton Keynes actually because usually they play mostly to feet and try and unlock the defence. But there was a ball into the centre and then a quick ball over the top for Cameron Jerome who volleyed in well. Hint of offside maybe. I, I don't know. He's not on. He's not on camera when when you see it. So I, I think yeah. James Hennigan tweeted that he thought it might have been offside, but it's probably mm. going to be a close one. I don't think you can really. I don't feel like you know we've been robbed uh, with that goal. Uh, uh, I will say, um, I thought I think Lloyd Jones has been very good uh, recently, but I think he'll be disappointed with the way he was shrugged off the ball. I'll, I'll also, I, 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 I think you've got to question 
the keeper kind of mm. running backwards um, and kind of not closing it down a little bit. And I heard what Brandon said about the second goal. I, th- I think I'm going to have to slightly disagree. For, for me, I admit it's an untrained eye, but Mitchell just seems like he's a bit too close to his near post a lot of the time. And he's giving kind of like quite large gaps for strikers to, to put the ball into. And again, yeah. with with this one, you know, he connects with it well, but it's it's a big old target for him to hit. I don't feel like Mitchell is making himself big, or or you know, or, or saving much at the moment. Frankly, yeah. I, I don't like to kind of call out individual players, but uh, I I would you know, he, he he's not. I don't think he's doing enough for us at the moment. If I'm perfectly honest, if if we want to stay up in this division, we need our goalkeeper to save some things. And while mm. I don't think necessarily that is one you would expect him to save when the shot is taken I think he could have done more to make it more difficult for for Jerome in taking the shot and not leaving Mm -hmm. such a large gap for him to exploit yeah and in fairness we talked a little bit about the second goal I think it was v Burton as well he was sort of on a hiding to nothing with that one but I just think you want a goalie to fill the goal up a little bit more and to be slightly quicker off their line or just a bit bit more instinctive so I can sort of understand where you're coming from, James, with that one. I'd, I'd be tempted to bring Arnold back in, if I'm honest. I don't think he's... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've alluded to the fact that I think at the moment we've got two number two goalkeepers. Um, but I think I think Arnold does make more saves than Mitchell does. I mm. think he makes more glaring errors than Mitchell does. But I think at the moment we need saves more. Yeah. And Mitchell is really inexperienced anyway. He's just a lonely from... Derby, I think it is, and he's just he's a bit green, so he's maybe performing in the way you might expect from a player that hasn't had that much league experience. And Arnold, like you say, has got issues, but has that experience, and he is he does feel the goal up a little more. I think he's a fair amount taller, so seems like a fair shout. Um, so that goal may be a hint of offside. The the last one, looking back on it, I, at the time I was you know fairly okay with it, but it just felt like that we were out on our feet a little bit by that point. If you look at the replay, Marshall might have been you know hobbling at that point from taking a knock or whatever his tracking back was a little bit shoddy looked really tired um ball came in from the left and just a reasonably easy finish from brown maybe mitchell should have come out quicker again and um, brendan what's your take on that last goal i don't it wasn't a free kick was it like i don't even a big mk fan not there's many of them but they'll, they'll they wouldn't argue that it was a free kick it, it was a foul on marshall it was a free kick the other way and I, I remember watching it and I, and I remember going like, ah, oh, OK, we've got the foul there. And then they took it quickly and I was like, well, how was the ref blown up that way? But, you know, these things happen at, at this level in football. I think we've been lucky and got away with some stuff in, in other weeks. So it is what it is. But and another thing I would say, if, if there's a free kick like that and people are standing around going, hey, have you given that that way? That was a bit contentious. Is it fair to let them put the ball down and play? Because everyone's looking at the ref like, how have you given that? They, they yeah. put the ball down a good six, seven yards away from where the spot happened because the ball rolled up. It's, I don't know. You can you can always say like to your players, you need to switch on and be aware of that. But Marshall was getting up off the ground and everyone was looking around at how he's given that free kick. So kind of six or one and a half of a dozen the other. They, yeah, they should have been switched on, but they weren't because it was a pretty shit refereeing decision. Um, not, not only that, not only that, Brendan, but the, the ball was moving when they took was. the free kick and the ref's not even looking. It's, no, just, it, it's just an appalling... 10 it seconds of refereeing. Yeah, it wasn't good for, for, by any means. And, I, and, you know, the Cameron Jerome one, we, we couldn't, I couldn't see on the camera on the replay that's on YouTube whether it was offside, but it looks a, a hint of it. I, I, there were some people saying that um, 
there, I think it was Brown, whoever put the ball in for MK on the fourth goal, that, that it, he could yeah. be the shade offside as well. So they've not covered themselves in glory. And my only worry is that, you know, when you're down and out on your luck and we could have really, uh, you know, ultimately won that game, these are the things which will, will relegate you and it's the ball bouncing the other the other way for you. You know, um, in, mm-hmm. in another world and another planet, we, we win yesterday. Um, but when it's not going for you, it's not going for you. Um, it happens, and 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 you're you're uh, at the top of the show when you were saying about the curse. That's what I'm starting to feel like. We've had some <laughs> awful refereeing decisions at MK, I, you know, some really really bad ones, and that was a that was a bit of a stinker to me. And and if you lose and they and they cut you open because you're going for it, or or like the first goal, just a quality finish, you're kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. It, it. it really that was where I was more hurt from the loss. Really was that was the goal that we that we don't walk away with anything from. Like it's completely mm. preventable from from our point of view and from the referee's point of view. Mm. But when points are so difficult to come by and so precious, you've really got to be live to that, even if yeah. even if you have been hard done by or whatever. I think Brady will will have critiqued that in the dressing room. But, you know, it was, we have played so many games in a, in a short period and stuff, Saturday, Tuesday. So I I reckon energy is, it might be lacking. We haven't got the most, uh, the biggest number of players to choose from in terms of maybe players that, Brady really wants to choose from, so yeah, it's a difficult one, and it was just a another another um, heartbreaking had the, one. Had the Tuesday off as well, and they they didn't have a midweek game. Yeah. That in this period where almost everyone's playing almost every you know every Saturday and yeah. Tuesday, I think we've got another three or four to go. That probably does make a difference in those last ten, but it was it was yeah. galling. As, we as had that with, with Ipswich in the week as well. Like I know listening to their commentary, they were saying that it, it looked like. Um, they were the team that played on Saturday, but they, they had Saturday off, and then we played them Tuesday, and then we played MK today, who had Tuesday off. So I think mm-hmm. that showed with taking McWilliams off in the 70th minute, whenever he did, because you know the kid will run a good two, three kilometers more than anyone else on the pitch on a good day, and when he's doing that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, I think it was starting to show. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know that's what I mean. You can you can have a tough refereeing decision, but. Ultimately, I think everyone was just out on their feet and probably would have really appreciated that MK slowed the ball down and put it down and tried to take a proper set piece. And, and you know, maybe credit to them. They, they, they shithoused it and they went, no, we're not giving you that. We've, we've seen it. And, um, you know, it's, that's what's cost us, uh, um, you know, at the end of the day. But there was there was good signs. You know, Miller coming off the bench. I, I joked to my mate in the week, like, I've never seen anyone pin so many hopes on someone off like one half an hour. Doing a- <laughs> 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 I remember someone saying like, "Oh, if we can keep keep him fit, we'll stay up." I was like, "You've seen half an hour of him, like away at Lincoln and Nicole. Like, is that how starved of any talent wide we are? Like, we're just you know, a bit <laughs> but he looked really, yeah. really bright. And Sheen was back on the on the bench, which hopefully should mean again. I don't want to pile on any one player, but we look a hell of a lot better without Boulder in there. And Sheen coming back, you maybe think he could, you know, could you bring him on and and rest one of the fullbacks there and just have that that sage head there, um you know organizing and communicating and I think that's what Sheen does really he's he's a touch on the ball and and uh he's a good defender but what he has that we don't have in any of the other center backs or, or the goalkeeper for me but he's an organizer and he, you can see that that coaching role in him coming out when he's on the pitch and yeah I think that's why we do better when he's in the team because he's telling people what to do and yeah. um Bolger doesn't do that the other two center backs are probably a little bit too young to really take that on board mm. and I think when you've got Kyozo and Mills as well bombing on um, it, it's, it, we could really do with that in the last 10 minutes, someone like Sheehan around. So, mm. yeah, there's, there's positive signs. I'd be really interested to see 
who we put out on, on Tuesday with the runner fixtures we've had. Because yep. Rochdale now, in the position we've been and not picking up points on Saturday, Rochdale is must win. And I tell you, it should be an amazing game. If we've just scored three against MK, Rochdale mm. seems to draw every game or lose every game the same as, you know, 4-3, four, 3-4. Three, three, four. Yep. It, it could be a cracker on, on Tuesday and, and ultimately have a, a really big say on the end of the season. Mm, definitely. You heard it here first. Get your house on nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> the only counterpoint, obviously, with Miller and um, Sheehan, like you pretty much alluded to, one's had fairly chronic injury problems, one's had a, an acute hamstring problem. So to be relying on those, it's, it's just difficult. And I, we have to go back to Kel's recruitment that Brady is hamstrung by. And if Brady had a transfer window to try and bring in the sort of players that could affect a, an escape from League One. We might be in a slightly better position, but that's just, I guess that's water under the bridge. Um, I was looking at, I was tracking the league position as goals went in and stuff, and we were actually up to 18th place at one point. Mm. And obviously not safe by any means, but if you finish that game in 18th place, wow, the, the confidence around the place just, you know, multiplies exponentially. But then when Milton Keynes scored the win, I laughed, you know, in a, sort of full-on way, um, we were back down to 22nd. So it's yeah. just these small margins, you know, just just crazy in League One. Um, let's go on to some of the readers' comments. We had quite a lot this week, so thanks for um, tweeting in, if you're listening, about the game and John Brady in general. Keith Buckby tweeted us, said that he, he has faith in Brady, but not his error-ridden squad. Give him the job till the summer and see if he can get us back up. Seems reasonable. Um, Adam Barbie tweeted us to say, I'd be happy to see him, Brady, given the job until the end of the season and then regroup and take a look at putting philosophies in place and a structure of the club to allow us progress on the pitch, which I would fully agree with. Um, Stephen Tomlin, been on this show a couple of times. Um, a score draw would have been a good result, as I said before the match. If we go down playing like that, then so be it. We would be gutted, but we're having a crack at it so much better than that awful cow ball. Seems pretty sensible to me. Uh, Lee Wade, Wadey Cobbler, I was at a low last week and written off this team in season. However, I feel a little more hopeful after this week. This coming week, really huge, as Brendan's talked about. Two big games with um, Rochdale and Swindon. Four or six points could really transform this season. Well, uh -huh. for that. Uh, DJP at P75Darb. Uh, remember the home game beat MK, defended deep, never looked like scoring, and Casey was chuffed with a point. Totally different attitude today with much the same team. Gutted to get nothing, but I know what I'd rather watch. Big week coming up, which alludes to we're in the games who'd be entertained, really. No one really wants to go to our football and losing every week. Um, Steve Spring. Performances have improved, but results haven't. I feel we have more chance of getting results playing attacking football. I don't see another manager getting more out of these players at the moment. I'd stick with Brady for now. Enough games to give him a real go at it, um, which makes sense. Proud Cobbler. Huge change in the club culture, philosophy and confidence in a really short period. I have faith and can only see disruption if anyone else is appointed, which is a good point. Um, Mookins tweeted us to say, the effort from the lads today was great. Thought Watson helped control the pace well in the second half. A couple of lapses of concentration cost us there, which is again true. Um, Steve Cobbler-Toad, big thing is building the confidence. It must have been on the floor for a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago and won't have been helped after losing... That, but scoring three certain, certainly helps. Get the confidence right and get Sheehan Miller back fit and playing, and I think we will stay up. I'll just read a couple more because we've had loads. Apologies if I don't read them all out. Um, H, HSB, Vizio, to say, Brady needs to stay for the long-term development. Stabilise the first team. Coach an ethos from the academy upwards. 
through the youth to the first team. He knows all the players coming through, what he's got coming or, or needs to get done. If done right, he'll be there 10 years in a stable club. Think about it. So that makes sense. And I'll just one last one. Um, James Seals, if we put our allegiance to the side, for any team to score three away, lead twice, you would expect to win. We lose and it's a real sickness because of the overall upgrading style, the chances we had, the effort and character to get our noses back in front. Still enough encouragement. So there's some good comments, actually. Um, let's go to a man of the match from yesterday. It was a fair few that stood out. Bit difficult doing in defeat, and I think some people might shy away from a defender or whatever because of the we've conceded four. But um, let's go to you first, James. Who was your man of the match? It was between Kyoso and Marshall for me. Uh, like you say, giving it to a defender when you've conceded four goals seems a bit strange, but he was up and down that pitch all mm. game. Uh, what a what a good signing that was, and you've got to give credit to Keith for that. Um, he, yeah, he, he he looks an excellent prospect, but I'm gonna go for Marshall purely because no one has got an assist for us in the last um, <laughs> nine games, is it? Because even the Rose overhead kick, I don't think, had an assist because that was just a, a headed clearance away, and he just smashed Why, it in what, for 25 yards. What a depressing yards. stat that is! I hadn't realised, but of course you're right. I, I, so <laughs> I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there was even an assist for that. So he is literally the first person to assist a goal for us in about 10 games, and he got three of them. I don't think you can't not give it to him. Mm, that's a Just strong for that, case. that alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, that's a strong but, case. I was looking at some of the when Cobbler's last scored stats, and I think it was back in yeah when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth. So thank God that changed. Um, Martin, man of the match for you? Um, I think um, James James White, Kyoto and Marshall both outstanding, and you know two of the better, two of the better signings we've made. Um, I thought, you know, other than being out-muscled for the goal, I thought Jones was outstanding as well. Um, I thought he was really, really good at the back. He's been a breath of fresh air, and it's hard to see Keen Bolger get getting back near if Sheehan stays fit as well. But I think, you know, Watson, almost for the impact he he made coming, coming, coming off the bench at half-time. But I'm not sway it would have been my decision anyway but even more so in the light of what James has said Mark Marshall three assists constant thorn in their side as he'd been on Tuesday absolute revelation at the minute and he's my man of the match mm, yep yep that seems uh perfectly sensible Brendan are you going to go for a hat trick for Marshall or have you got someone else in mind uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be between Kyoso and Marshall. I think actually I'm going to lean towards Kyoso just because he's been definitely in the games under Brady, but but also when he played for Curl those first couple of games, I think he's been that, the best player at the club since he signed. I will be shocked if he's not at a championship club next season. He's, yeah, I think the world of him, he's the real deal. Um, he wins every duel. Um, yeah. he's, he's a threat going forward. He's intelligent. I was glad that the, he got his goal. He got a few goals at Bolton. He's definitely a... Uh, goal-scoring fullback, but um, I just didn't think it would be a header from a set piece because him and Marshall, their link up down the right, they look like they've been playing together all season. Yeah. You know, not a couple yeah. of games, and um, so I, I'd give it to Kyoso just for his overall form the last couple of games. But I've got to say on Marshall, excuse me, sorry, on Marshall as well. You know, we're saying that he's been ha- um, Brady's hampered by Cole's transfer business, but Cole had Marshall sat there the whole time, and he Marshall mm-hmm. could get in the squad for large parts of the season, and no one really got it. I think. 
looking back, Marshall started the season pretty well. He got that goal at Shrewsbury. Everyone thought he was the one player we lacked a bit of pace, quite direct, a bit of width. And he had a bit of a stinker at home to Peterborough when everyone did and got bashed about. And then yeah. he wasn't even making the matchday squads after that. So, you know, the player that we need has <laughs> been sat there the whole time. And Cole's just, I don't know why Marshall works in both directions. He's got a delivery on him. He's quick. He's, he's experienced. I don't know why he wasn't playing him. So, yeah, I, I think Marshall gets a, uh, should get a lot of credit for his performance the last couple of weeks. But Kyoto was, was man of the match for me. And I've got to say as well, sorry, one last point. It's making Mills and Hoskins on the other side look extremely pedestrian at this level. And I was a big fan of Mills first bit of the season before he got injured. But mm. you know, his delivery has been a bit poor of recent, uh, of late. Uh, Hoskins looks a bit blunt. Uh, he, he can go through these periods where he just doesn't look like he'd score a few uh, in a month of Sundays. But um, yeah, Marshall and Kyoso look, you know, really, really good. And it's showing up Hoskins and Mills on the, on the other flank. And I think Hoskins needs to look at Miller coming back into the side and, and um, be a bit nervous. Mm. To be fair to Hoskins, he's, um, he's such a wholehearted character and he is always pretty much in every team. Mm. A lot of people have criticised that under Carl. So at this point in the season, I'm not surprised he's not absolutely knackered. So it's a difficult one for him. And if he is tired, he's never been the best finisher anyway. So his finishing mm. is going to be affected by his stamina and his um, energy levels. But um, in terms of Kyoto, I think you're right. I think he is he is showing up what a showing up some other players. I won't go into them particularly, but he's showing what a, a fullback, a modern fullback should be. So he mm. is he's very mobile. He's not bad on the ball. And he's just he's just strong as an ox, isn't he? He doesn't shout mm. out any tackles. And he's just sort of the defender that a manager wants to see. So yeah. he's set the standard now for our recruitment, probably. Obviously, we won't keep him. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the Luton team at some point or other. I'd but love to know who's in the Luton team ahead of him. Well, <laughs> you, you have to think Luton's first choice right back is some player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't, they had I can't James remember. Justin a few years ago, didn't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I can't they remember. Pretty well in that position. I think mm. Yoso looks as, as good a right back as we've had probably since Brendan Maloney, and and, and he's yeah. a different kind of fullback to Maloney. Maloney yeah. was rangy and long and and a little bit more um, defensive minded. Yoso um, is just such an athlete as well. Like, yeah, I yeah. do think he's useful on the ball. He could have scored in a couple of the other games if his touch was a little bit better. But um, yeah, he just he, he never stops running. He's so he's so quick. He's good in the air. So yeah, I, I, I'm really. I want to watch him a lot now until the end of the season because he's definitely not staying beyond that. <laughs> He'll be in the championship next season for sure. Yeah, um, I actually said that there's a case for um, Kyoso playing slightly further up the pitch. Yeah, he's obviously a very good wing back, full back. Will do a lot in defence, add stuff up front. But when we need to score goals and win games, maybe the next two games, uh, I just think he might be of more use trying to um, mm. hurt up that wing and clatter into people and getting balls in. But um, yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, in terms of Marshall, for me, probably up there with the best footballers in the club. Mm. Probably you'd say Sheehan is up there as well. But on the ball, dribbling especially. Um, his first touch can be slightly dubious, but when he's just in full flow and when he gets the ball where he wants it, he's just a very mm. just a good footballer. And this is the sort of players that people pay to watch, you know? Mm. We don't really want to be watching the totally pedestrian sort of people. We want someone with a bit of skill, a bit of creativity. When he's roving up and down that front line, it really is offers a lot of threat. And if you're defending him, one minute he's on the right wing, one minute he's on the left wing, he'd mm. be a right pain in the ass. So, um, yeah, I, I just think... think I think something well, that's helped him is having Kyoso behind him. Because yeah, yeah. one thing to help as a winger, if you're... 
if you're going, you know, you're going towards the area, if you know that someone is always going to make an overlap or an underlap, mm. obviously you've got the four players, but you've got Kyoto will do it as well. The defender has to back off more, you know, mm. risk getting skinned. And I think that's almost fallen nicely for Marshall, that he's got a chance at the same time as there's someone behind him who's going to give him that sort of support, rather than Harriman, who is more of a, tr- a traditional kind of, mm. I'll get up as far as the halfway line, but I yeah. won't I'll go beyond it too often. His intelligence and timing of when to underlap and overlap was poor, Harriman, as well. I, I do quite like him. Uh, I know he was that out of form and we needed a better right, right wing back, right back. But Kyoso, yeah. like when he hit the post against Ipswich in the week, he underlapped there and Marshall didn't even look round. He knew when he was coming, the timing was perfect. Yeah. It just that's another thing about Kyoso. He looks older than he is when he's but you know, Marshall's 33, 34, and you can see mm. that intelligence in his play. I think the only problem for me is in the past he's lacked an end product, but he put two free kicks on a dime yesterday for two goals. So mm. um yeah, his experience and 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 link up play with Kyoso has been really good and it's helping him and it's making Kyoso look really good as well. So yep. if we can get something similar going on the other side, whether that's with Mills and Hoskins or Maddie Miller or however we do it, then you know maybe we can pick up some some points and, and stay up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, Kioso is only 21. He's a prodig- prodigious talent for his age and uh, mm. will only get better, in my opinion. He's definitely got a lot of progression in him. Um, we're just going to move on to the manager watch now. But just quickly before we do, just one thing that I noticed yesterday, and it, for me, has been a bit of a weak link all season. I won't go into it too much, but I still think our cent- central midfield is still a weak link. I think um, Williams is very good at what he does, breaking up the play, and he's a really strong defensive midfielder. But it's the other two. It's Morris, who's a good player, but for me, a bit more of a quarterback, and people like Stowerby. They're just, they're, they're just not that vitality. And I do worry against teams like Watchdale, even, don't, you know, maybe not less so against Swindon. I think those energetic teams that might try and get hold of the ball in the middle, we might, we might struggle. That'll be my only concern into going into the next two games. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, the manager watch. Now, this morning, I was checking out some of the markets, so the betting markets for the new manager's role. Um, previously, Sky Bet and uh, Bet VC, Victor Chandler, had markets available. I think Brady was um, the market leader, fairly short price. But this morning, I can't find any markets at all for Northampton managers. Now, that could mean that a couple of bets have gone in and they just have got a bit scared and closed the markets. Or it could mean that Sometimes it means that a new manager appointment is imminent and they've got a sniff of who it might be. So keep an eye on that one. Um, I hate to draw attention to the Sun newspaper, but on Sun Online, they've got a little story that cobblers are allegedly interested in. Danny Sell of Aldershot, who I've heard a couple of good things about, but obviously it's a non-league shout. So that's an interesting one. Um, Brady seems to be the favourite for the job because just because of what he's done, he's already in situ and he knows the club inside out. Um just before we wrap up, we put a poll out on NQ NTFC to, um, you know, discuss whether Brady should be given the job until the end of the season. Um, I think Bournemouth today announced Jonathan Woodgate as manager until the end of the season. Obviously, completely different level, but um, something that's fairly sensible when you're just trying to take stock a bit. Um, James, do you think that's a sensible choice or do you just want it done and dusted and a, a permanent manager in place? I think... I think, if I'm honest, timing is is against us here, and I think it, it does. I, I was kind of happy to have Brady uh, until the, till the end of the season, see how he does, and I think I'm even more in that camp, um, particularly after yesterday's performance. Uh, but the reality is, if we get someone new in, 
They're going to need a couple of weeks to get to know the players. And then also probably another couple of weeks to try and adapt them to their style of play. So let's be generous and say that that takes four weeks. There are eight games in the next four weeks. Yeah. Can we afford to, you know, experiment with another style of play perhaps uh, in, in eight games? Or do we see that we've improved massively over the three games? I know the results haven't been there, but mm. the players have clearly reacted and they showed massive signs yesterday that they're starting to uh, adapt to John Brady's way of playing. You know, we had organised set pieces with good deliveries. We had people busting a lung to get forward on the counter-attack. <laughs> we had overlapping fullbacks. Uh, so I, I don't think we, I don't think we have the time to kind of restart that entire process again of getting mm. to grips with another new style. So I think if we're going to make a decision, I think it needs to be this week because we have so many games coming up and so many massive games coming up, yeah. and I think that we could probably all do with a, a little bit of certainty. So I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm now in the camp of giving it to Brady until the end of the season uh, you know I wouldn't say to him you've got the job permanently I'd say you know let's see how let's see how it goes but um yeah I think he's done an excellent job so far so I don't see any reason why he can't continue that and if we keep the performance levels improving we're just giving ourselves more chances of winning games you know we we should have won the last two games and it's galling and it's annoying that we haven't but when can you last say that we looked like winning two games in a row we you know we, we, we just haven't looked like that all season really have we so mm. let's keep up with the performances and i think the results will start to improve and we just need a little bit of luck again to to, to go our way and hopefully that will be coming soon mm. martin it's easy to see both sides of the argument isn't it because on one hand brady could quite easily be given the job until the end of the season just take stock and try and turn all the positives into into three points try and pick up some points and the alternative side of the coin is that new manager bounce a permanent manager with some uh you know managerial now so he gets an, has an ability to produce results at a, you know in a short period you know martin which one would you sort of uh lean towards at the moment um, I, you know, there is always the kind of shiny new thing of of a bounce. You know, you you get your you know. old sort of your Tim Sherwoods, um, Dean Austin <laughs> types who are going to come in, shout rah rah rah, and maybe get Martin Allen that will get a reaction for three or four games that probably don't do the long term culture much good. I think Brady's such a talent, and. I think if, you, if you're Kelvin Thomas, you're asking Brady what he wants to do. If he's happy to take it to the end of the season, but then wants to go back and do the youth, or wants to be in a kind of technical director, director of football type role, you involve him in the manager search. And I like the idea of the likes of Danny Searle, Matt Gray, you know, an up-and-coming sort of non-league manager if Brady doesn't want to do it himself. But I think for the next couple of months, you know, it... it We've got, you know, we've got Brady in situ. He's getting a tune out of the players. You know, we we, we go with that. Unless you're looking, thinking there's someone who's going to get even more out of them. Um, and, you know, we, we're not privy to those discussions. We, you know, we and we don't know these managers. We only really see results and the odd interview. It's hard to see a better option than Brady right now. I guess, it, Brendan, it depends on who the candidates are, isn't it? Because... 
we've talked a little bit about Danny Cowley before and there's no suggestion that he's even applied or anything, but just say that he did and he was like, I'm, I'm ready to take this project on. You might consider that he could turn it around in a, a short no, a short number of games and maybe not just a bounce, but just a, just that sort of little bit of experience that stops those shoddy goals yesterday that really just kills games and um, when, when you need to, and just the game management. Um, are you sort of a Brady to the end of the season guy? Are you a Brady permanently or are you a, maybe a new a new face? Um, I, to, to be honest, it depends what, what else is out there. I think the only real name where I'm like, yes, whatever they want is Danny Cowley. I, th- again, I think the world of him as well. I think his recruitment was brilliant. You look at where Lincoln were when he picked him up and what he did with him in the conference and then, you know, the FA Cup run and... and and then they're sat in League One now, and and yeah, he's not there anymore. But he left them in a state where Appleton's got them at the top of the table. So, um, you know, I think Danny Cowley would be would be a dream signing for us. But I, I just don't know how realistic it is when he's been in the Championship. Does he want to come down to a kind of a yo-yo League One team? I don't know. Yeah. And if if he's not willing, if he's not available, which like you said, there's been no indication that he is. Why why not Brady? I I, I look at I know obviously there's been links with uh, Wilkin and. The lab from Aldershot, and but if we're going to go into the non-league, that's where Brady cut his teeth, and Brady Brady got some promotions and some really good um, mm. experience at I think it was at Brackley as well in in the non-league as well, didn't he? And 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 uh, like James said, now he knows the club inside out. Um, it's a different approach to what he's doing at the moment with not um, being on the touchline and leaving it to Rico and and I think Samson. Um, maybe I, I tweeted about it yesterday. I don't know. Maybe he is auditioning for that technical director role. Maybe he's like showing that's where he wants to be. I don't know. But yeah, um, it's getting better performance out of the players. So you know, if there isn't a really big name, which you've got to say, even if we went down with him, I'd be happy with Danny Cowley in League Two. That he's going to turn it around and 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 rebuild. If the big name yeah. like that isn't out there, if we are looking in non-league, just give it to Brady because he's already got the head start. He knows the players. He knows the club. He knows the youth. Um, you know, at the end of the season, if he wants it, if he doesn't, whatever our position is on it, maybe we can, as as you've said many a time, Tom, maybe we can put him a technical director and a, and a you know, something that oversees the club on a, on a larger level. And then he can be yeah. part of, um, he would be best placed then to bring in the best manager, whatever league we're in. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, you know, perfect sense. I think I'm with the tweeter that tweeted in a little bit about, um, you know, maybe just my thoughts are well known on the technical director role for Brady but just maybe give it to Brady take stock until the end of the season um maybe then if you are talking to someone like Kevin Wilkin Matt Gray at Sutton or Danny Searle at Aldershot you give them um a bit of time to you know get ready for the project I think Northampton probably would be able to pride any three of those away no offense to any of those clubs but just with um a reasonable amount of compensation so that sort of that does make a lot of sense but at the same time when I've looked at some of the financial losses that you incur of getting relegated I can see why Kevin Thomas might be like right we need an experienced pair of hands here pronto yeah we're not out of this we can stay up so um I think you're right Brendan in terms of Danny Cowley like the more you look at his style of play and a lot of things how he plays football it wouldn't particularly be my cup of tea but I can completely understand that he is a head turner and he's a sort of guy that that um you know gets doors open for him you know just his reputation and stuff mm. so that would be slight, a slight game changer another one is Paul Cook I think uh has been sort of mentioned in dispatches but he's also always mentioned with championship sort of jobs so that's a 
It's sort of a tough one. Um, the one that made me sort of chuckle and smile a little bit, and I know you didn't you for Brendan because you're a Liverpool fan. Mm. Uh, Tim Cahill this week was mentioned by just some random, his usual Twitter site, Tim Cahill, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, Tim Cahill, Australian, John Brady, Australian. What a Bonza <laughs> connection that would be. Like, <laughs> but if you're of a red persuasion, Brendan, not for you. No, I, I lived there for for four years. I got my first job up there. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Liverpool fan by any, by any stretch, but I mean, and, and definitely after the result yesterday, um, <laughs> not not so enjoyable. Yeah, I'm definitely of the red side of Liverpool. I've still got our mates up there who, who are reds and everything. And, and um, you know, the kind of people where you say a name like Tim Cahill, you've got to go, you know, use some mouthwash afterwards. So I'd rather not. But if, you know what, if Tim Cahill came in and kept us up, Fuck it. I'll get him on the back of the shirt, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Two derby defeats yesterday, Brendan. That must have been a hell of a Saturday. Yeah, it was tough. You. you know what I did? I did, Um, I, I sometimes when there's a big game like that between, obviously, we had MK, they had Everton, and I couldn't deal with, like, my mates who are Everton fans. So I put a bet on that, uh, a little double that MK and Everton would win. And I was like, well, if my week goes really, really badly, at least I can pay for a curry on on Sunday night. Oh, and, uh, and insurance. Yeah, but, but Everton <laughs> were so long, so the odds were quite... I think I won like 140, 150 quid in the end. So <laughs> I was that, I was like, this is really, really bad, but also I've, I can pay for my curry now. <laughs> nice one. I'm, I'm not having MK the derby, though. I think we got to nip that in the bud whenever that's mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> There's no hatred there. It's just pity. It's just pity. Uh, I, I hate them. I, I think we've said it before. I think for a, for a younger fan, I say younger, like I'm, I'm getting older now, but anyone yeah. like maybe under 30, you, for me, I don't remember as many games of Peterborough. They've always, you know, they went up as high as the championships, granted so did MK, but for, for longer. And they've always been, you know, Peterborough have built themselves up for a lot longer the last couple of years. MK, to me, whether I was a Northampton fan or not, I can't stand them. They stole someone's club. They've set themselves up. I've got T-shirts older than that club. I, I hate them. So <laughs> it did really hurt yesterday. And I think a lot of other fans... You know, especially even younger than me, like the 18, 19 year old lads, we've had a lot more games and a lot more recent rivalry that means a lot more in terms of, you know, winning things or getting uh, promoted or relegated with, with MK. Whereas Peterborough's always just been, you know, we're the Everton to the Liverpool in that in that uh, rivalry. <laughs> yeah, I, I still I just still I still can't have it. I just think that what we've got to do with them is just not really sort of acknowledge their existence or just an annoyance but, uh, yeah, yeah let's have to the acknowledge the ground curse though I'd be hiring some witch doctors at this current time <laughs> oh, I tell you what um, Brady needs to go and pee in every you know corner of the stadium like Barry Fry did with that curse <laughs> was it was it Grubbler or Barry Fry <laughs> I think it was Fry wasn't it yeah, I just think Cobbler is a curse overall aren't it? let's face it but, yeah. you know there's something going on there but listen we've got two massive games coming up against um, Watchdale and Swindon it's going to be Squeaky bum time, isn't it? Quite a fairly stressful week. We, you know, you know, we need. Do you reckon? We, just before we wrap up, do you reckon, um, Brendan, we need to win both of them? Yeah, I think if 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 we want to, um, you know, there's there's three places really above. It's up to 18th that we're fighting. We yeah. need to win these. That's that's it. If we lose both of them, I'll I'll, I'll start looking at League Two away days for next season. <laughs> we know what League Two's like. It's sort of home for us, isn't it? You know, it's like going to stay in a really posh hotel and then you go back to your your house. Like, Travel home. That's what League Two like. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for um, taking the time to talk as usual. We'll be back next week and um, enjoy the rest of your Sundays, guys. Take it easy. Brilliant. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. See you later. Cheers. See you later. Bye. 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 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 